This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Join me this week on All the Social Ladies as I speak with Lauren Salazar, who's currently the Director of Social Media at Weight Watchers. She oversees all aspects of Weight Watchers social media, and you will learn how she grew through Weight Watchers to take on all of these responsibilities. You're going to hear incredible things about Weight Watchers' approach to content and how they use their community to help get their message out. Take a listen. Welcome, Lauren, to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. I'm so excited to have you here. As you know, I am a lifetime member of Weight Watchers, as is my husband, and so big brand fans here. That's so awesome. Congratulations to you and your husband. Thank you very much. And I would love to hear, before we get into Weight Watchers, I want to hear the story of you. Tell me a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today. Sure. um, I've been at Weight Watchers. I'm going on my sixth year there. And that has gone very fast. But before that, I've had sort of a few different, I think, really important stops along the way to social mm-hmm. media marketing. Um, the first was, uh, you know, I moved to New York over 10 years ago uh, as the publishing major at NYU. And I was really interested in content and how people were consuming content how I was consuming content and that was, you know, primarily in the forms of magazines and blogs were just starting to become really important. Um, And I um, did several internships at some very notable uh, magazine publishers, the New Yorker, Teen People, RIP. um, And I landed at New York Magazine and it was a really exciting time at New York Magazine because they were really expanding and scaling their digital presence. Mm-hmm. So I spent a few years there um, working. They had just launched some of their blogs, Daily Intel. Um, they launched Vulture while I was there, The Cut, which is a fashion blog. Um, and it was really this exciting time to learn how people were consuming content, that interplay between print content and digital content. Um, and while I was there, they actually launched commenting across the site. And um, I helped sort of launch site-wide commenting that was my first foray into how community and content live together and how important mm-hmm. that connection can be um, with your readership and sort of brand brand lovers. From there, I went to a small independent agency called Path Interactive, and I really spent time there delving into social strategy, and that's where I kind of found my passion, um, which was, uh, I mean, I think social is the perfect blend of content and business strategy, um, and digital, so innovation. And, um, yeah, that, and then I came to Weight Watchers. Uh, and so when you started at Weight Watchers, you started in a social media capacity, right? I believe it was the content team. 
Yeah, I started as our first social media editor, and I was really focused on on a day-to-day basis, what content were we putting out on our channels and how are we developing, producing that. Um, that's still a, a large part of my team's role, but um, over the years, it's grown to include uh, more programs, whether it's influencer and advocacy, whether it's paid media, as that has become more important um, to your overall social media marketing mix, um, as well as analytics and measurement, uh, all community management and engagement, and um, more recently in the last few years, experiential and events as well. Really, my role at Weight Watchers has grown as the industry and as the ways that you can activate in social media have evolved and changed to keep up with where, you know, consumer demand is. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you've been there a long time. I would imagine that social media has changed a tremendous amount over that course of the six years. Do you do you feel that the reasons for Weight Watchers being in social then are the same as they are today and just the tactics have changed? Or is it like really evolved to be a much bigger thing? Yeah, I think Weight Watchers has always been invested in social media and um, partially that's just part of the DNA of our company. We like to say we were born social. If you think about the first Weight Watchers meeting over 50 years ago was in our founder's United Just Living Room and it was women coming together to share their experiences around weight loss and support and connect with each other around um, this common experience that they were having. You know, flash forward, those experiences happen um, today, but a lot of how we just live our lives and connect with people, it's not in living rooms. Um, it's in digital spaces and it's on social platforms. So um, much as our company products have evolved and continue to evolve to, to support that, I think our marketing tactics and our focus on where um, our members are engaging and spending time has shifted uh, to keep up with that as well. Mm, and so when you're looking at the original intent of Weight Watchers around connecting these people around this common interest of getting healthy and losing weight in all of these areas, yeah. um, it really is the same. It's, it's, I would imagine that your reasons for being in social media are primarily similar, right? Is to connect the community. Yeah, I think it's to absolutely connect our community around the shared experiences that they're having. It's also to um, really showcase the power of the brand through this community. So when you think about where people spend their time online, where they're looking for um, information and and stories that will inspire them, they're they're going to the social media channels now. They're they're really looking for that content and those um, connections in social channels. So I think maybe the amount of investment, the amount of time, the amount of resources we put into social media programs have grown exponentially as more and more of people's time is spent on the platforms over the past six years. Um, but I think that you're right in the the starting place. How do we connect and empower our members around the experience that they're having has been the uh, beginning point of that journey the whole time that I've been there. 
And so when you're looking at a social program with Weight Watchers, how are you evaluating the success, whether or not social is working or not? Is it ultimately coming back to uh, website traffic or conversions or memberships, Mm -hmm. or is it um, as much about the engagement and reach? Can you talk to me a little bit about what constitutes a successful campaign at Weight Watchers? Yeah, I think... um... It depends on the campaign. Social is in a unique place. Social media, I should say, is in a unique place for our organization in that it really has the power to drive the business on so many fronts. Yeah. Um, yes, it's absolutely a place where we can bring new people into the fold, and we do. Um, and there, the diagnostics are um, much like you would think of website traffic. Are we engaging them? A lot of times engagement data is a good um, diagnostic or indicator of are they hearing our message? Is it resonating with them? Um, but it's also about supporting the one the members that we do have, um, and that's that's also really critical in mm. our business. Um, so engaging again, engagement data are are we giving them content and ways to connect that they feel like is valuable um, and helping support ultimately the mission of our company. You know, at the end of the day, we're trying to help people live a healthier and happier life. And so anytime that I'm straying true to that mission in terms of the social programs that we're developing, I feel like the business results tend to flow out of that. So I would say from the beginning, our company and I, whether it's our CMO, whether it's our CFO, understand the power of word of mouth and brand advocacy um, and have all, that's why there's been a lot of support for, for this program within our organization. We did a study with WOMA, which the Word of Mouth Marketing uh, Association, a yeah. few years ago, maybe about a year ago now, and um, was really looking at the impact of word of mouth and what that has on different businesses. Several different categories were represented. You had auto, you had CPG, you had tax services, you had us. Um, I don't remember. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if we had auto. Um, but basically, it looked at a spectrum of businesses and said, what is the impact of word of mouth? Let's actually put a stake in the ground and say, how should we measure? What are the best practices for measuring? And what are the results? And, you know, what the study ended up saying is for any business, word of mouth is critical, referral is critical. Um, general top of mind consumer awareness and the ability to have them talk about your brand um, is important. But for high consideration categories, of which I would say, you know, we're definitely fall on that end of the spectrum, word of mouth is even more valuable. People are absolutely having discussions with others um, about their experience with our brand. And so, you know, positive word of mouth, brand advocacy, empowering our members to tell their stories and um, to connect around the experiences that have them. You know, we have quantifiable data of, you know, how that is driving our business um, and, and really obviously proprietary data, but yeah. um, we feel confident that programs, especially social programs, where a lot of where word of mouth happens um, around these social programs, that these are helping the overall bottom line. 
I really love how you talk about how it's with current members, right? Because it, the engagement of current members and giving them value through social is so key, especially if you're showing that word of mouth drives the business, because if you're keeping those members happy and those members are then sharing those experiences, they in essence become a voice for you. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. The power of our community just on their own, almost self-created um, surprises me every day. And it does, it flows out of their, their experience with our brand. So, um, yes, everything that they're experiencing in our meeting rooms, through our digital tools, through our online community, um, called connect, all of these lead them to then create these incredible moments, these powerful moments on social media. It's almost like a social media marketer's dream. Um, I look on our hashtag every day on Instagram, hashtag Weight Watchers, and the things that they are sharing, the content that they are creating around their brand, the communities that they are that are springing up organically just from them wanting to connect and share with each other um, are incredibly powerful. It's just this rich well of... Um, I mean, it must just be so inspiring too. It's just such inspiring content. What a great place to work in that way. It's really incredible. So when you're coming up with content um, and you're looking at networks, as as social media works very quickly, obviously different networks come up in popularity and certain ones rise, certain ones fall, et cetera. How do you know when to get into a new network and what's right for the Weight Watchers community? Sure. I, we do not jump into any platform lightly, um, but nor do we just rest on our laurels. Um, I think the, the great thing about social platforms themselves is they tend to, um, as they evolve and mature, they're able to share um, a lot more from an analytics perspective, from a partnership support perspective, and um, you know, we've gotten some really great insights from deep relationships with the platforms um, themselves of understanding who's there, what are they there for, um, and whether or not that's a good fit for, again, going back to our mission, which is to help people live a healthy and happier life. So um, when we invested in Pinterest, you know, that was a strategic decision of this is where people are going to think about the future, what they want to eat, what they want to look like, live, buy, wear, make, create, et cetera. And so, you know, for a brand of ours that's helping you achieve this sort of best version of yourself, it was a natural fit from a a platform Mm. investment standpoint. Um, From a new and emerging platforms there we're really focused on does this round out a portfolio of robust activity that we already have you know we're across six platforms now and we we go pretty deep on facebook youtube instagram um and pinterest because the opportunity there is there that's where our members are and that's where our prospective members are and there's still so much potential that we have within those platforms So as we evaluate emerging platforms, um, it's do they round out the portfolio and is it where our members and or our new potential new members, are they investing in those spaces? 
from and a so, time spent and from totally. what they're doing on the platform. Does it, is it a fit? I love how you think about it before you jump in and, and, and using the networks actually as resources to give you the data that help you make that decision is great. Mm-hmm. Now, so quick question about this. So you have, you have all of this content that's created by people within the community. Does that lessen the need for you to constantly be creating content because you can then reshare content or is it still, are you still feeling that pressure that most of the brands talk about, about to create this kind of high quality, great content that's shared out? It's interesting because depending on the platform, it, it varies a little bit, but across the board, over half of our content strategy is directly taking the content that our members are already creating and yep. giving it a bigger stage to let yep. it shine. And totally. that's a strategic choice. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of success that we see is from storytelling and letting our members storytell around our brand. And so, you know, social media channels are a way that they can put out their own stories, but we can also shine a spotlight on them um, and the power that that sort of the empowerment that gives them that they feel amazing when we do that um, ladders up to our overall mission, which is supporting and connecting our, our members um, and helping them uh, feel great about the journey that they're on. The other piece of um, our content strategy is about creating sort of brand-produced content, and that's because when we think about, you know, what we can offer to the community, a lot of times it's tips and ideas, um, or it's a, a different perspective from. Uh, just years and years of expertise in this space yeah. that um, we feel like it's really valuable for them. Um, so it's conscious that it's sort of both. Some of the best work that we do, actually, we, we take some ideas that are generated by our community and we, um, we've, we've repurposed them. We've, we've sort of. Well, you use them as inspiration, it. it sounds like, yeah, too. We, yeah. We, we can take that to our studio and create a thumb stopping 15 second Instagram video. And that it's rooted in the insights that we're getting from our communities. Um, and you know, the we term see thumb performance. stopping. Thumb stopping <laughs> is pretty good. I, yeah. I often evaluate content by whether or not it makes you stop your thumb or makes you, your face move in reaction. Like when you're looking at something Ooh, like Does your face it's moving. a face mover. You like that? <laughs> I think about it all the time, it's not all the same of the swipe or scroll. So I like when it makes your face move. (laughs) That's how I feel. It's pretty cool. What challenges would you say are facing uh, Weight Watchers today in social? What's the biggest challenges? It could be executional and getting things done. It can be as broad as, you know, changing the system. It can be anything, anything. What do you see as a challenge? Sure. I probably think most people can connect with just making sure where we're focusing our time is really yielding the the best um, sort of most ROI for the channel, I guess, for lack of better term. I think social can be um, a really exciting field. It's also constantly changing and evolving and, um, you know, easy to get spread very thin yep. <laughs> when you're yep. working in this channel. Um, 
You know, for us, that's maybe a little bit more Weight Watchers specific. It's just ensuring that our members are feeling heard and represented on our channels. Um, you know, when we do have so many, uh, so many of our members on social channels connecting, you want to make sure you're accurately balancing and reflecting um, that totality of that experience so that people feel like this is their brand and they, they own it. And tell me, Lauren, what is your favorite network for Weight Watchers? You know, if you had to pay, I know it's like picking up mm. a favorite child, but also your favorite network for you personally to use. I love Instagram for Weight Watchers. I love them all. I love Instagram right now. It's just on any given week, it changes. This past few weeks have been really special there for a few reasons. We've, we've started implementing something called Takeover Tuesdays for the brand, we basically are giving the keys to the kingdom over to a community member every week and letting them showcase a day in the life on our new program, um, which is beyond the scale. Yeah. And um, they're sharing things like food they're eating on our new Smart Points food plan. They're sharing how they're getting fitness into their day. Um, they're talking about me time. They're really bringing to life. Uh, what is really a revolutionary approach for our company into the holistic weight loss space. And they're doing it so incredibly powerfully, emotionally. People are connecting with it. Other members are connecting with it. And I am loving seeing that play out. And what about for you? So I have been on Snapchat a lot lately because, mostly because if I'm totally honest, I have a one-year-old daughter, and she does so many cute, amazing things all day. Um, my nanny sends them to me, or I take them um, and send them. And I love sharing a lot of those moments with my husband, my mom, my sister. And um, not all of them, I would say, are Instagram or Facebook worthy. <laughs> I totally agree, so, but I'm obsessed um, that your nanny is on Snapchat. That is amazing. Um, my nanny is not on the Snapchat. She's only on Facebook. <laughs> but I, I love that. Did you have to show yeah. her? Or was she already on it? No, she was already on it. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, she was already on it. And it's just a fun way to share little bite-sized moments without the investment of, oh, does my, you know, cousin's roommate that I went to a bachelorette right. party with five years right. ago really want to see her eating rice cereal for the first time. No, right. but no, I want to see that. So, you know, you know, what's <laughs> interesting that. about that, Lauren, is that it's not that different. Your, your approach and my approach, right. Which is right in like the young mom space is yes. not that dissimilar uh, to the reason that tweens and teens are doing it. I, I actually interviewed my oldest daughter uh, with her friend. I interviewed Yay. a 12 and a 13 year old. Yep. And what she said basically in house is, focus group. I love it. <laughs> oh, all the time. What do you mean? Every day. And so she, what she said that I thought was so fascinating. It was so eye opening on the interview was that the, um, the capital, the social capital, when you're sharing on Instagram, like you don't want to share things that aren't either perfect or well-crafted or important Definitely. to the whole community and Snapchat, you can right. just go and be free. And so I think right. that's, that's exactly right. Like every stupid, silly picture that you take, but I have an important question for you. Very important. Do yeah. you, do you do the filter on your daughter's face? Like, do you hold it take a selfie and hold it to make her like vomit rainbows? Because I can admit <laughs> that I have done that for my son and will gladly send it to you because it is a sight. You need uh, to do it. Well, I mean, week, this is my new goal for the week is to Clearly. make this happen. <laughs> Clearly. 
We are going to make my daughter vomit rainbows. Done. Done. This is the new plan. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And Lauren, tell me where people should follow Weight Watchers. Obviously, give us your your Insta and everywhere else because I actually just looked up your Insta and I'm loving the Tuesdays. If you really want to treat, look on our hashtag. So hashtag Weight Watchers, hashtag Weight Watchers, WW Sisterhood, hashtag Dub Dub Family. Those are all some of my favorites when I'm just uh, flipping through. Um same find us on youtube we've got some amazing video content my favorite is oprah i eat bread every day it's yeah. the best video ever <laughs> and where should people and then just go follow oprah on her social channels because she's incredible she is um, she's amazing as well. we can talk about that but so yeah. Lauren, where should people follow you oh for me uh find me on twitter sass and glitter or um you know i'm always open to connecting on linkedin awesome Lauren, thanks for so much for being on the show today. You're one fabulous social lady. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.